Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fishing action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bow and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. Sorry. I, I can't remember. Like, Oh, we were talking how you could get a uh, lordship and like... I think it was Ireland. You can buy like one foot of property, like a square foot of property. Yeah. You get a you, lordship. Any like we're an island, you get it. If you own land, you're a lord. Yeah, but I don't remember how that became Lord Bauer. Because he said, I think after we started talking about it, I think uh, Ryan said he was going to buy it for you. He was going to buy it, and then you could be referred to as Lord Bauer. Yeah. I think we were going to, down south. I thought it was something to do with me being the man who invented flathead fishing. That was probably part of it, too. But Okay. But we were actually going to... I think that was it, and then we determined we could get you to be called Lord Power. Okay. Put your headphones on, Sam. I'll get there. All right. This is podcast. We have uh, Sam, and uh, he's 10 foot tall and bulletproof in real life. We have Stu Miller. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit. Tell people about yourself. You have a, a fun background. Like a, you do a lot of fun, like interesting stuff. To some, I guess. Yeah. To me. Well, I like to see, fish. You're you're uptight. You need to just relax. <laughs> you need to relax. No, I I like to do a lot of stuff outside. I like fishing. I like hunting, trapping, anything with my hands, basically. So you're a carpenter. A carpenter. Yeah. So old Stu, he uh, he has a trapping YouTube channel, which is uh, big news enough to get the attention of Steve Rinella, which is kind of neat. Um, you got to talk to the man, the myth, the legend himself, which is also pretty neat. And then you just started a fishing channel. What's that called? Uh, Total Angling Experience is what I called it. So, And we were hoping that we'd line something up where we could go fishing together, but uh, the man has to work. you got to pay the bills. <laughs> pay them bills. So. I got you. We'll do it next time. Yeah, but I don't know. Sam, tell them about the fishing. Fishing was pretty good today. Pretty fire. 
Except for I was struggle bus for about an hour and a half, and I lost. We've been on struggle bus for like two days. Oh, you yeah, were. I was. Yeah. Us as a whole, we were on yeah. struggle bus for like two days. Yeah. It was bad. I lost. I had a lot of gear actually tied up, ready. Yeah. Pre-made, it, pre-made rigs. Yeah. It's all gone. Yeah. It's burned But up. yeah, it was... Uh, it's in the bottom of the river. Yeah. Every time I'd break off, Spencer would catch one in my face, and... Then every time I'd catch one, his battery died on his camera, so there's no documentation of it. No, we got them all. It, it just interrupted. It, it was interrupted a little bit. It was fine. But every time I, legit though, every time I broke, I, I swear you caught one. But it worked out good because then I could drive the boat good. It wasn't every time, but it was like three or four times. Three? That's what I said. Yeah, more than that. Three or four. I broke up like four times that one drift, I swear. Well, I didn't catch a fish every single time. Mm-hmm. I can't find my podcast topics. Why? I, I don't know. That just sounds like I sent. Here we go. Oh, here we go. This is right up Stu's alley. Because you're a man. You built your own boat? Built my own boat, yeah. So describe said boat. You said put a 200-horse tiller on it? Yeah. Dude rolled up here with a tiller life shirt, I which st- I wanted to, like, <laughs> steal it off of him. Sleeveless, like, by the way. Sleeveless. Dude's a freaking legend. So he built his own 200-horse tiller. Like, tell us. You Elaborate. Describe this thing. Well, so I, I fish multi-species, right? right? And mainly crappie and catfish, which is, you know... You pretty, crappie fish. You're pretty down hole. Like, well, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but you also, you crappie fish out of the front of your boat. You catfish out of the back of your boat, right? Okay. And so I've owned, you know, a bunch of different boats over the years, and I just never could find one that just meshed together, you know, and fit that style of fishing perfect. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I consider myself fairly mechanically inclined, and I was sitting there one night, and I said, I think I'll just build a boat. And so that's what I did. I, I made a I made a parts list on a on a paper plate. that's even better i mean i thought this thing up in my head and uh made a material list and i thought to myself well i'm gonna build like a 21 foot boat you know that's a good round number absolutely and so i I went to go order all the aluminum mind you these are real expensive big sheets of aluminum i built this thing 316 so at least 21 feet long yeah (laughs) and aluminum you go to buy it and you think you're buying gold. Oh yeah, it's nuts. Oh yeah, and then whenever you buy it, you know these big sheets. So my supplier, he calls me and he says, "Hey, you know they pull these big sheets off a, a big reel, right? Mm-hmm. And then they shear them." He said, "They can only shear 25 foot lengths. That's all they'll do." So before I even put a weld seam to anything, my 21 foot boot boat grew to 25 foot. Oh, you ended up making it. Oh yeah, high. yeah. Because I said I'm not going to cut four feet off a good boat. Really? You know, I got the sheet, so you're already paying for it. I'm already paying for it. So from the get go, yeah, 25 foot boat. I built it three sixteenths, 102 inches wide, as legal as you can le- as wide as you can legally go. That's a big 28 inch sides and stuck a 200 horse Verado on the back of it. And that's that awesome. you had to custom because they didn't even. Make- oh, yeah, I had to customize parts to get the tiller on it. They didn't even make a tiller for anything that big. Yeah, they run them out west a lot, uh, you know, out in like the Columbia River and stuff on those sure. big salmon boats. Yep. They fish a lot, you know, kind of the similar boat styles out there, but nobody around here. And So, yeah, it took it took about 10 months uh, to weld this thing up. I built a trailer, too, myself. I ended up with a... Why uh, not at that point? Well, yeah, it was an aluminum trailer, you yeah. know. And 
So I, I end up with a, a hundred and two pounds of weld wire in this boat and trailer. Wow. Yeah. Rolling down the road, it's about 5,000 pounds. So it's, it's a big, heavy boat. That's a big rig, man. It's a tiller, so you got tons of room. Oh, yeah. It, it's so much fun. All right. So the, I don't even know how you're worried about taking 10 months because it's taken 10 months for Spencer to get his boat. Yeah, it has. Ordering one, you can't even get one. Yeah, no. I ordered mine September 5th, and we're sitting here July, July 14th. 14th. And the boat itself is done. Just waiting on the jet lower unit. And we're like three months out. I mean, March 28th was the delivery date, and it's July 14th. Well, you got so. a lower unit on it, though, don't you? You yeah, can't just, use it, though. It, it, with the jack plate on it, you can't get it low enough where it'll push the boat. So putting a prop on it don't do me no Doesn't good. Do any good. I don't know. But the the reason I brought that all up was somebody brought to me that um, if you put too many holes in your boat, it could affect the ability to sell it. And I've never heard anyone say that I didn't sell my boat because I had too many holes drilled in it. Have you ever seen a used boat, though? <laughs> I mean, like any used boat like, ever? I think it's a myth. They're a myth. full of holes. I think it's a myth. They're full of holes. Yeah. I've ne- so I'm saying I've never heard anyone say, and if anybody wants to call me out, write an email, spencer at rivercertified.com, and let me know that you didn't make a boat sale on your used boat because there, you put too many holes in it. Because I've, everyone's like, no, you don't want to put holes in it because it could affect your ability to resale. I don't know. Sounds like a myth to me. Myth to me. I'm going with myth. All right, Sam, what's the best way to keep live bait alive cool water okay lots of water flow aeration and but you can't get it too cold you got to kind of a little bit colder than what the water temp is don't shock stuff see i i think that matters like the middle of summer yeah yeah you were talking well we're we're in summer right now so we are in thinking. the middle of summer right now like i'll like I'm lucky in my shop. I got a uh, water heater. So, like, I'll fill my tank and kind of match roughly what my bait tank is or what I'm going to go catch bait out of, you know. But I'll keep it. It's still going to be cooler than that, but not coming straight out of the tap, you know, or out of the well where it's 40 degrees or whatever. Is is well water really that cool? I have no idea. I've never never had to it. I use well water. Yeah, but, like, when it... Especially so, bluegills. Bluegills are really bad. The creek about chubs. It. Creek chubs will creek stun chubs too. Bad. Creek chubs will stun. Bluegills, you know, they'll get the black eyes yep. you know, sideways. But yep. so, yeah, I think a lot of has to do with air. Personally, I do too. I mean, like we'll, we'll go back to that boat. I built that boat. I built a hundred gallon live well in it. Nice. I built a thirty gallon live well in it, and then I built another twenty five gallon live well in it. I put three live wells in this boat. You can swim in the big one. It's like a bathtub. But right, every tournament I fish. I have a 65 quart cooler. For I mean, minus the big, big catfish. Right. And I can maintain that water. I I add water maybe once in an eight hour time. You put air to them. Yeah. I think that's the best way. I honestly think the air is more important than anything. You oh, keep pumping yeah. air to them, and and you're good to go. You can keep a fish alive in a plastic bag for three days as long as he got air. Yeah. I think that's Agreed. where a lot of people except a trout. Trouts and pansies. We don't have that. Yeah, I mean, I've kept. I mean, I. But we're talking basically a channel cat tournament, you know, in like 150 quart cooler. Mm-hmm. All my bait and that. We run our bait in there and we'd throw our 
especially keeping there. I remember helping out with the tournament. There's a tournament close to the place that I live in. And did you end on a, on number one? End on number one. Like you fished the Bob Miller, and yeah. you ended you know, the last time you fished it. You won it, or did you fish it again? We fished it after it. All right, so. And we got like third or something. All right, Sam's a local legend oh, for a variety God. of reasons. Um, he's known far and wide across the uh, entire township, uh-huh. and uh, he uh, he won this local tournament. But uh, I remember watching him weigh in the fish, and you had 17, 18, 19, 20 pound channel. I, yeah, it was like eighteen or nineteen. I think it was the biggest. And we had like a twelve too. I yeah, mean, we had some ni- we had some nice rats. And you pulled them out of a. Uh, 125 quart cooler. Yep, with an aerator in it. Yep, there. Stu. It, Stu knows what he's talking about. You can get everything at Walmart. Oh yeah, for that you go buy an igloo. You know, sixty dollar cooler. Yep. Go buy a twenty dollar Shoreman or whatever they are. Bilge pump, piece of PVC, little piece of hose. Run it. Keep everything alive. It's hook fine. it to a battery. I got an Amazon $20 rechargeable aerator. And that, <laughs> there you go. Like I said, that that's works for me. A lot of people don't realize, too, I used to do this back when we used to live bait fish a lot, spider rig. With minnows, I used to keep minnows in a tank for at crops. home. Sure. Yeah. And and adding a little salt to the water, or go back to like if you're going to... Softer if, salt. Yeah, or, or G-juice or something. But having a little bit of salt will actually keep that slime coat on your fish. It'll make them last a lot longer. Wait, is salt and G-juice... It's got some sodium in it. Does it? It's what about better bait? So I've been running better bait. I I think it. All, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't I'm have it in front of me, but I, I think it all kind of has that shad keeper. You know, because it's like them bigger deals. Yeah, same company that makes better bait. I'm yep. pretty sure. Yep. That the only thing that that is is it's more salt. I think it makes that's why I add. Yeah, makes it pretty. Yeah, and if you're talking bait too, you need rounded corners if you're going to try to keep bait. Because what a lot of people don't realize is like shad and minnows, especially. Do you think so? Because I watched shad, shad different, in a freaking rounded bait tank just run right in the side of it and just keep swimming right in the side of it, even on a rounded bait tank with water circulating. I I don't know. I, I've seen, I which have, I'm going more towards minnows because I've kept minnows. I have zero experience keeping shad alive. Like, well, almost zero experience keeping shad alive. I was kind of weird on it. They are. Um, so my shad experience is minimal. And everyone, I mean, you can't say everyone. A lot of people say that a rounded bait tank's the way to go with shad. And I do believe that. Because they'll just keep circling. Yeah, but they'll they, run themselves in. And I mean, your minnows. But they don't always. They're just like No, nose. you got the odd one like that's just running. screwed up. I mean, it, you always got the three or four. There, no, there, man. But. Like, I was at Catfish Conference, and there was this company that was advertising their shad tanks. And they're rounded. And I looked in there, and they're just like running into the side. It's oh, they <laughs> actually had live shad going in it. Oh, and they they were super healthy, but they were yeah. still like healthy and beating their foreheads yeah. off the you side the, of the tank. You got the dork fish. They might be like, I, and maybe it makes a difference. I don't know, I, but, but I always question. I always wonder. I think if you got the option, you're better off with rounded sides. It's, it's not, not going to hurt. That's it's not going to. Yeah, it's, not it's only going to be thing. to an advantage. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yep. But so, I, I bet if you're not keeping them for a long time, like if you're just cast netting and then using them, but you're just using like a cooler. Oh, for sure. I think you'd be fine. Look at the day, most day popular. Fishing. Look at the most popular uh, bait tank out there, bait cooler out. The Mingle coolers. Yeah, they're square. Yeah, yeah. It's what I use, and I mean it. I keep minnows alive for three days, you know, yeah. with them, and 
So, I mean, I, I think I don't. It's it's not going to hurt. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. My minnows, I always just, I got a big, I cut off a, like an IBC tote. Mm-hmm. And that's my bait tank for flyheading and all that. But, like, when spring, I'm running minnows and stuff for other species. I'll, I just leave them in the bucket and throw them in there on top, and they're fine in just a, you know, freight boat bucket. That gets the job done? Yeah. All and right. they live in there for a long time. All right, so you got bait in the boat. Right, that's a terrible segue. I'm going to make it work anyway. No. Uh, uh, well, I mean, thinking today, do you do you have any boating pet peeves? Like, if, Are we talking like bananas in the boat kind of thing? It could or? be. I'm open to whatever. But What springs to mind? What chaps you when you're in a boat? That's a great way. Like, what chaps you when you're in a boat or chaps you when somebody's in your boat? And does something or... I don't know. I'm pretty easy going whenever it comes to it. Plus, whenever somebody's in my boat, I pretty right. much take control I, of everything. So I don't really give them the option. That's solid. That's solid. I'm, I'm easy Stern going too, captain. though, man. But, yeah. like, there's a lot of things that I'm aware of, but I don't act upon. I'm not a banana guy. Like, if you want to eat all the bananas, you yeah, that's I, I, I don't care. Give me, give me an example. What's one of your pet peeves, then? Ooh. Clutter. I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam knows. I'm the same way because we've had this. Me and Spencer had this conversation. Like when someone like gets their stuff out and they just kind of spread everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, yeah which I get trash. it. I, I, you do it from time to time. We rig and then, but at least like put it away. Everybody's guilty of it. At I guess point. my my big one, which I, I go back towards like a trolling or a catfish technique. But I run a line counters on almost all my catfish and trolling reels. Yeah, yeah. and I always run the clicker on them. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of times you got five, six rods out, and that's the first thing I tell somebody. It's never been. I said, no, you put the rods out, I don't care. Always flip that clicker. You know, because, I mean, you can be down 500 feet of line in no time. Right. And the first or second time somebody does it, I, that's, I'd say that'd be my pet peeve. It's not hitting that How clicker. does that, see, mine would be the opposite. You hit that clicker and that clicking just drives me insane. Oh, no. Or not- bells. Actually, bells drive me <laughs> up the wall. And it's not when you get a bite and it just dingles. But when you get a bite, you set the hook and you're fighting the fish and the bells just ding, 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 just going crazy. Drives me insane. Having that clicker has saved me hundreds and hundreds of dollars in line over the years hundreds so you're explain the clicker thing like you drop if you're trolling are you okay so about- like you guys are out here in mississippi right yeah and you're probably drifting down rods yep okay i always turn my clicker on all right we do we we do that oh you're talking like we get hung up and it just and then you hear you yeah. hear that you know yeah. and same way if you're trolling well, just yeah. dropping it down it's nice just that tension mm-hmm. just, so you i turn mine on i drop it yeah you know? Just so where you can hear that if you get snagged, you know, and then you immediately turn it off because I'm not reeling with a with a clicker on. Yeah, I'm, I'm reeling. Down this is a tattletale, it. basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, the bells and maybe let the clicker out. Well, when I used to shark fish, man, like there were so many dudes who would kayak baits out with the clicker on, which it prevented backlashes. It made sense, but it drove me up the wall. I would rather tighten the reel down the drag put it leave it in gear tighten the drag down just a smidge so you didn't have a backlash and leave the clicker off because the clicker just drove me insane i never said anything because i'm quotation marks easy going or maybe i'm just tolerant maybe maybe that's it combination we'll go we'll go it's never just one thing 
But as far as stuff outside the boat, um, my big thing with people is if you drive close. That's a solid ringtone. <laughs> we'll cancel that. But, um, yeah, if, if somebody drives close to the boat, and, and I don't mind jet skiers because they don't kick up a big wake. <laughs> We seen that gang the other day. We saw a gang of about six jet skis running up the big river. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't mind jet skis. They don't kick up that much wake unless they're doing fishtails around me. But if if there's a big ski boat runs 50 feet from me, I'm like, God. What about, okay, so this, and I think a lot of this is regional, too. What about up where you guys are? So, like, around here, it's pretty, you know, I mean, if you're on a spot, say a brush pile for crappie, or we fish a lot of white bass around here, you're on a school of white bass. Yeah. What about guys coming in, and I mean, just right up on you? What? Because up north. Or you just go, hey, just want to hop my boat with me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that close. You know, we, we fish up on Lake of the Woods in Canada, Minnesota, quite a bit, or at least a couple times a year. And up there, it's a party, right? Like, I mean, you waving guys over. Right. And down here, you know, I've got a shirt that says, if you can read this, go find your own spot kind of thing. You know, and that, yeah. that to me, I've, I've prop-washed a lot of guys before. I mean, I will make a point to, you know, go find. And I know it's public water, you know, so that. But I will say one thing, being the whole camera deal, if you've got a camera in your boat and you spin it around towards them and say, hey, y'all, look at the numbers on this boat. Right. Call them out. That usually gets people to leave. Yeah, I'm fortunate. A lot of the water I'm fishing, there ain't nobody around. Yeah, it's it's rare that I'm floating down the river and I'm like, get to wave at somebody. That'd be nice. But I mean, where I'm guiding at currently, so I'm running guide trips. The body of water, the only one that you can run a boat on on the river, has a lot of traffic. You know, so we're exceptionally low. We are ungodly low. uh, Yeah, so the river is exceptionally low and. You don't have many options, and none of them other people do. So I'm tolerant because I understand they're there because I'm there. Well, not all of them. A lot of them would be there regardless. Oh, they're there because it's you? Because it's the river certified Spencer Bauer? No. <laughs> they don't even know who I am. And I'm okay with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot the fishing boats. A lot of the fishing boats are there because... They have to be. Now the recreational traffic is a different story. So I, I'm t- kind of understanding where you're coming from, from that regards. But those small, dinky little creeks, like, there ain't nobody on them. I, I, Occasionally kayakers or something come by during the day, maybe. Yeah, there's some A lot stuff, of places you're at, there ain't much. There, a lot of places, well, a lot of places, there's a lot of kayakers now that you bring it. But they're all just party people. And they're just there to have a good time. They ain't heard nothing. Well, so. What about the guys that boat by you, you know, just on the edge of their side scan? You know, and they'll get past you like they're looking. And all of a sudden, you see them hit that button on, on side scan, marking that waypoint. See, I've never seen that. Oh, it's, that's bad around here. Actually, Lorance, on their on their ghost trolling motor, actually has a waypoint mark button. Right on the foot pedal. No. Oh, yeah. Look it up. And and, and they kind of advertise it as more of like an incognito kind of, you know, waypoint marking. So where you can be right up on somebody and without having to actually reach down and, you know, visually push that button, you just tap it with your foot and you mark that waypoint. So wow. they can't see it. So they can't see it, hit that, hit that button. Yeah. Wow. That's... That's next That's level stuff. On me. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, like it, I take note. Like, if you're seeing people around, mm-hmm. but it's not like 
Oh, you'll I get see that drive by. And I go to them, yeah, so. you'll get that drive by at about like 65, 70 feet, where it's right on the edge of their wow. side skin, marking them brush piles. Not the South, Illinois people. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a reason. There's a reason we say Southern Illinois. We try to stay away from Chicago. You know? no, I got buddies from Southern Illinois. <laughs> yeah. It's, Anything south of Springfield. Yeah, it's different. So, so the whole boating thing. You ever seen anybody mess something up in a boat? Oh bad? yeah. Oh yeah. All right. What? Uh, we've got a we got a lake that's pretty stumpy, and in the springtime it always floods, and so everybody goes up there, and you know they have the illusion that that lake's just you know a constant level. And it's been several years ago, I had a bass boat running up, and you know we were out there fishing, and I called it from you know a long distance away. I said he's running right in that stump field, and this guy actually ran. I saw the motor separate from the boat. What? And, and he lost his whole motor. It snapped the bracket. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. It, he was ripping about 55 mile an hour oh. through there. Oh, my God. It, it wasn't a lower unit. It was the whole motor ripped off the back transom of that bus boat. He's lucky. All right, so I went to fish a kayak catfishing tournament in Kentucky, right, and on on Lake Kentucky, mm-hmm. and that's Big Bass Mecca, you know. That's one of the best big bass lakes and big crappie lakes around. And you, I heard some stories down there, but the one that sticks out to me, I didn't, I didn't witness it, but – uh, a guy was in a local tournament running a big big fiberglass bass boat with mm-hmm. 300 or whatever on the back of it, and they hit a piece of concrete. Ooh. Yeah, but wait, the the motor didn't rip off. It tipped up and crushed the passenger and killed him. Really? Yes. Why are you there? No. Oh. No, no, no. This is just a story I heard about. Oh, okay. It could be a wives' tale. I don't even know if it's valid, but it just sounds terrible. Well, how about you guys been you guys been right here on the Mississippi for the last few days? Last year, I got video, and the river was a little lower last year. But last year, I got video of a skier pulling his kids, and these kids they couldn't have been over seven or eight years old in downtown San Louis. Yeah, I got it right in front of the arch. Have you seen the whirlpools right out here? Yeah, I have. <laughs> we talked about how this is the last place I'd want to get knocked out of a boat. Pulling them on a tube. Right in front of the arch. And whenever I posted that video, I had several people say, oh, you got to leave them guys alone. You, they're just doing whatever they want. And I, I couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, there's no point in overstepping your boundaries and being like. No, but when, I mean, that's just, in my opinion, that's just they, reckless. They, they weren't the doing anything illegal. No. Now, smart. There's no there, there illegal and smart. I, I could not believe that whenever I saw it. it when was, you're on a big river like this, you don't even, like, mess around. Like, you got to be real careful not to even, like, when you slow down too fast and somebody fall, you got to really watch. You got to watch. And then you got the barge wakes <laughs> yeah. that's coming across. And it the hits last thing twice. I'm doing is going floating down it in a, in a life vest, you know. Because yeah. you're getting thrown off a tube eventually. Even the stationary barges are nasty. Oh, yeah. Honestly, they're just that as dumb. Depth perception is weird out here because, you it know. It is. Things sneak up on you yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Well, there'd be times well, where I mean, the you'd be rigging. Four or five mile an hour. Mm-hmm. You, you'd be rigging stuff, and then I'm, like, gawking, and I look around, and I'm like, oh, we're coming up on that barge. You want to run that trolling motor out yeah. of the way? And we didn't have any close calls or anything, but it's real easy to see how you might. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ain't paying attention. You got about like fifteen seconds. Yeah. Like you could not pay attention for fifteen seconds. All of a sudden, you're right up on five it. mile an hour. Five mile an hour. You know? I mean, it, it, it's probably at least. Uh, I'm right now, it's probably about five and a half, six mile yeah. an hour. I'd say it's, it's lively. Yeah, 
Five and a half, six mile an hour currents, insane. I, I, I mean, that's faster than I like to run. Yeah, I can barely run five and a half, six mile an hour. Is there anything that would make you want to go home early from a fishing trip? No, nothing. No, like if lightning, a lightning bolt struck ten feet away from you, you're staying. Right. You wait it out. <laughs> It'll pass. Yeah. It I'll, will. It will. You're not wrong there. It'll pass. I was wading the river one time, small river around home, me and my buddy, and lightning hit a transformer just up above us. And what, what's like, what's just up? How far is just up? Two, couple hundred yards. That's close enough. Yeah, and it blew the transformer up, and we felt it. In the water. Oh, I'm sure. It's only two, 300 yards. Yeah. And that's so much energy. But where are we going? We're wading down the river. I'd where, be going where, to the where, bank. Where I going? could walk to the bank. Yeah. And stay and get out of the water. Yeah, it was. I go, did you just feel that? Yeah. 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 You just witnessed it. Have you ever heard Transformer blow up? Oh, yeah. It's loud. I've never heard it. Sounds like it's a gunshot. It's loud. I don't know. So lightning sends me home. That's what I don't know. That's why the first thing I thought of was, but uh, skeeters, man. If the skeeters are ungodly terrible, and I don't have a way to hide from them, twice, twice they've got me. Yeah, I've I've had a couple times where I went home because I couldn't skeeters. do it. I just I don't know. I I try to be smart about my fishing, but then again, I get to fish two days a week, so. You know, at a certain point, you buy good rain gear and you learn just to deal with it. You know, it's- yeah. And anybody who says like, "Oh, you're gonna go fish in the rain," I'm like, I just spent five hundred dollars on rain gear, so uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go sit out in the rain. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't mind rain as long as it's not really cold, like cold rain. Yeah, like when it's like forty and rain, it's like Ugh. I don't care. I'll fish in that. There ain't yeah. there ain't a rainstorm out there that's gonna kick me out, but there are mosquitoes and there is lightning that's gonna send me home. Mosquitoes. Like I said, it's only happened to me twice I can remember. Where I was just like, I gotta get out of here. I couldn't worst, do it. Worst one for me was I didn't leave and I had a tent. So I sent up set up the tent in the mosquitoes. It was eighty five, ninety degrees out. In the evening. At night. At night. It, it, well, in the evening, and it was probably a low of 75. So when I got there, I put my rain... I, all I had was a t-shirt and shorts, because I got out there in the evening, put on my rain gear, put my hood up, and like cinched it down, tucked, and I had a pair of socks, and I uh, put on a pair of shoes I brought. So all I had was flip-flops originally. I put on socks, put on shoes, tucked my rain gear in my socks, cinched my hood down, set up my tent as quick as I could, baited my hooks, cast them out, and dove in my tent and spent the next half hour killing mosquitoes that got in my tent. And I, I stuck it out. I caught three fish. Every fish was like I shook them off at the bank. I didn't even want to mess with them. <laughs> and then dove right back in my tent. Mosquitoes. that Those mosquitoes will send me home. Yeah, yeah, I'll say that. Which I think... I don't know. You say what'll send me home, but I do. I I try not to go out in those situations, I guess. So you just the, try to prevent it before it happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's smart. Depends you're, on where you're at, though. Now, if you're in a trip, like, we go up to Canada. Yeah. It. I, I remember what, three, there. three years there. ago, we were up there for seven days, 
and it rained for six and a half of those seven days. And it didn't just rain. It, I mean, it downpoured. Sure. 50 degrees. I mean, it was it was miserable, but you're 1,200 miles from home, so mm-hmm. you're going to do whatever, you know. You're invested. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to sit there, you know, watch it rain whenever I'm that far away, but if it's nasty, I'll, I'll sit at home. Even, even my dad. All right. Paint you the picture. My old man. He's uh he's not like the most avid angler, or I would even call him an avid angler. Um, he's big into hunting. He's a big outdoorsman. Likes spending time outside. But um, he goes to Canada every year, and he sticks it out in the rain. He buys rain gear just for Canada. But that's his trip. His trip, you know, like yeah, yeah. That's how he when he likes to fish, you know. Yeah. All right, let's spin it off some different. Um, this dude, Luke, sent me an email. And uh, in the email, he sent me a picture of six rocks he found in the stomach of a stalker trout that he caught. Yeah. And then me and Sam were talking about this earlier today. Like, weird things you found in a fish's stomach. And me, personally, I, I caught a flathead that was probably about three pounds. And I looked in his, and he had a big gut on him and I looked down his throat when I was taking the hook out he had a tail sticking out of his throat so I put a pair of needle nose down there and grabbed the tail and pulled it out my three pound flathead turned into a one pound flathead or a two pound flathead real quick and uh, it was it was like a one pound sucker <laughs> like no like conservatively a one pound sucker he had just eaten, clear down his throat, and he still had enough gumption to swallow a, a six-inch sunfish. Did not care. Didn't have to kill that fish to find out. But, uh, I don't know, you guys? I've found a lot of soft plastics in fish before, you know. Well, what kind of fish? Uh, bass, crappie. Not really anything in, ch- in catfish that I can think of. But I found a lot of like lizards and worms and stuff where they've either digested them or you know right in their mouth and with the hook still or I normally because I try to always you know investigate and pull them out yeah, you know sure, yeah. usually it's just it's just the worm you know or yeah. it looks like somebody ripped it off and I mean I guess that's not really that weird though but I mean yeah. still it just well to me it is I don't pass fish man like I don't ever see that crap they'll pass them things too it, it's yeah. weird i mean you'll catch some fish every once in a while and there'll be a little worm hanging out of his ass and you're like what really i guess they work yeah <laughs> i guess they work. actually now that i think about it not me personally my buddy wes he's he he has a giant aquarium like 200 gallons maybe he had to build an extra he had to put an extra reinforcement joist under his in his basement to support his aquarium it's giant, but he, he threw a bass in there, and it was fine. It was fine. It was fine for months, and then it regurgitated this giant soft plastic. Worm. I mean, this was a 12 to 15-inch bass. I, if my memory serves me correct from what he said, and it spit out like... It's at least 12. Yes, yes, at least 12. And then it spit out a plastic worm that was... Is long, half as long or longer than than he was, and then it died. He had it in his tank for months, and then it spit it out and just died. Hmm. I don't, know, Sam. Um, let's see. Caught a channel one time that had. Oh, you're telling me it had a varmint. Yeah, we determined we called it a vole. 
Vol. Yeah, that's what we thought it was. But this channel, it was probably, you know, like an eight, nine pound channel. Yep. You know, nice fish. Decent fish. And it had like a softball size belly. Yeah. Like it just... The rest of the fish look normal. <laughs> that damn duck. <laughs> that duck. I thought I turned the ringer off. Yeah. And he had that, and we're like, we cleaned it. And we pulled that thing out, and it still had fur on it, you know. Oh, is that new? Yeah. He, he had just eaten it. Yes, like, it just eaten it. Like, it. And it was that fat. Like, yeah, it was, you know. There wasn't nothing else in there? No. There wasn't nothing could fit. How big was this thing? Because an eight nine pound channel cat's pretty good sized fish, and if its belly's poking out, you're talking yeah. about something sizable. It was it was big. Maybe it wasn't that big. I mean, maybe, maybe it, it was like six pound. I don't know. Might have ate a rat. It was big. Yeah, it wasn't like a muskrat, but like maybe a rat. But yeah, I'm talking a little. Yeah, rat. yeah. But it didn't have that whipped tail, you know, like a you know like maybe a rat. It was a baby muskrat. Yeah. No, but it was. It was definitely. Have you ever seen a vole? Like, what's the odds it was a vole? I don't know. We just kept claiming that. It was a rodent type deal, and other weird thing. I seen a bass caught a bass one time down below a spillway, and it legit had three hooks coming out of its anus. Like it, they leave, went through I'm the system. Leave that pause in there just for <laughs> <laughs> no, like he was, and he was still eating. That you know, this was like a blow a spillway of a new lake, so there was tons of fish going over the spillway. Right. You you just be you couldn't up. not catch fish down there. You know, right. Right. you had to go there. You know, and we caught this bass and we hooked it. You know, and I'm like, are you serious? And like. We, Grab them and kneel those and pull, like, because they were, like, hook point hanging out. Right. And it was just, like... It's amazing the stuff three. they can pass. He, was, he must have been a bad mother. It I mean, shouldn't I, be that amazing, because you think, like, catfish eat mussels. Yeah, but... You know, like, the big blue cats, they're eating mussels, like, the size of your fist, and them shells don't dissolve, so they're pooping them out. That's got to hurt. That's impressive. But they, they keep eating them, man. Like, but what I was care. impressed with is hurts this, less than being hungry, this bass broke three people off. Maybe. Or maybe just scooping stuff off yeah, the bottom. It could have been. I, I, I like to think he was a bad mother and I caught him myself. Yeah, all 12 inches of him? No, he was a pretty good one. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Not a giant, but, you know, like a four or five pound. It was a nice... Nice bass. All right, my buddy Chase. From Midwest. My buddy Chase. Um, I see. I don't have any real good stories about stuff I found in the stomachs of fish. I, I mean, mostly what I find in fish is fish. Yeah. But uh, my buddy Chase, who I used to shark fish with back in the day, he was fishing a Texas River, and he caught like a fifteen twenty pound blue cat, a couple of them, and he cleaned them, and both of them had a like a. a at least one or two or three or something. I don't know. It's his story. I'm telling it for him. Uh, but they had painted turtles in their guts. Like painted turtles, man. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. That's the weirdest thing I ever heard of. You ever you ever clean a flathead and found something weird in their stomach? <clears throat> Nothing weird. I, I, I mean, other than like pretty, like you said, like bigger fish than what you'd think they would want to eat. Right. I don't know. It's that you ever heard the the toilet flush, flathead toilet flush? You hear it over in Illinois. Uh-uh. You know what I'm talking about, no, Sam? No. 
when when you hear a flathead eat something on top of the water. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I call. It. You call it toilet flush. It sounds like I never heard. Yeah, it it sounds like the giant, you, biggest toilet flush. Like instead of flushing a toilet, somebody flushed a bathtub. Is what it sounds like. You can, yeah, you can tell the difference between a flathead versus like a carp jump. You know, yeah. anything else coming up. It sounds like whoosh. But yeah, like on another level. And yeah. every time I hear it, I'm like, "Well, there's one less carp in the world now." Because yeah. I, I don't know. Every t- for it could be they could be eating any fish, and they could miss or whatever. But um, I always imagine there's like a five pound carp sucking on a brush pile or something, and and then that flathead just sneaks up underneath him. He don't even know they're there, and just he opens his mouth and just whoosh, and then that that carp's gone. Uh, yeah. Well, you hear a muskies and pike eating ducks and stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I. I I could see it. You ever seen that? I've never seen it. I haven't either. I've seen them smoke a 12-inch walleye right at the shoreline. Oh, yeah. I've had them eat one, trying to get it to the boat, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, my college roommate, he was reeling about 12, 14, 15-inch walleye. and Actually, he was right on shore, and he was dangling in the water and acting like an idiot. Like, hey, Spencer, look what I caught, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, boof! Big 40, 50 inch bus. He comes up, T bones it, and runs off about 50 feet of line. And he's like shaking like a leaf and like, hey, Spencer, land this for me. And uh, I say that, like, I sound like an idiot saying that, but uh, that's literally what he said. Like, I, I, I'm not like, accurate. Re- I'm not, I'm not making, I'm not trying to make this situation into a bigger deal than it is, but that is legit what he said. Like, Will you land this for me? Or actually, he might have said, will you reel this in for me? I'm like, no, man, it's your fish. Like, deal with it. But I'll I'll go in there and try and get him on the bank for you. And as soon as I walked in, he was gone. You got to let him go. Oh, I would have let him go anyway. No, no, no. Once they they T-bone that thing, you got to let him run off with it. Yeah. Well, you got to let him eat it. Yeah. I don't know, man. You don't even have to let them, like, swallow it down, but that initial... Elaborate on your musky T-bone walleye fishing technique. Oh, if you want to catch them, you yeah. just let them go for a while. And then, because muskies and northerns, you know, they usually hit something. Like you said, T-bone. They, mm-hmm. However they can hit it, then they go off, they wait till it dies, you know, done quiver, and they turn it sideways. Yep. And they always swallow stuff head first. They'll almost always head out towards deeper water, and they'll just kind of go chill. Like a gar. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always impressed me on how long they actually hang on to it, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you'll have them there. And, but I mean, they want it to die. So it's you'll like reel it in for minutes. 10 minutes. It's and, minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, you let them go out, you know, and then they kind of just sit there. And then eventually, they just kind of chill out because that adrenaline rush. Then... Most of the time, I've done it where you, you just reel them up to the side of the boat. They just kind of buoyant up to it, you know. You think you can get them without a net? Oh, I don't know. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. If yeah. you let it completely swallow it, yeah. I don't know, man, though. It, I could still throw it back up. It, yeah. It is amazing. It just depends how long you let it go in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, if, if it, the key is just best just open your spool and let it go if it's a stud you know well actually it just kind of circle back i guess i kind of forgot about this so earlier this year i and i made a video on it but it is amazing what a crappie will eat right so i went out and i took literal trash 
fucking I took fruit roll up wrappers. <laughs> I took barbecue wrappers. I took I, I took a bunch of stuff and I caught a limit of crappie on it. On junk. On on literal trash. Do you have any rigging rigging suggestions for using trash? <laughs> yes, you gotta have the proper hook size, you know. <laughs> what what sorry, so walk us through your, your rigging setup. What's the hook for this? I prefer about an eighth ounce jig. Okay, so you need an eighth ounce jig with your Slim Jim wrapper. Yeah. Like with a number one or one oh in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, fruit roll up wrapper actually worked the best. It, it casts the easiest, but you only got one fish out you of it. You gonna market that? I could. What's, I caught, what's I caught your, it on a gummy worm. Is that kind of is that the fruit roll up? That's kind of like wax paper type deal. No, it's it? like aluminum foil. Really, and uh, it's got a uh, really awesome action. The new ones, yeah, it must be the new ones. I thought I remember, it was like a wax paper. Type I remember deal. the old school ones used to be wax paper. Oh, fruit you're roll? talking like the outside. I'm talking the foil outside. Oh, oh, that, oh I was talking what the mid, you know mm-hmm. that in no that, that stuff. foil outside. It's oh, got yeah. awesome. It's flashy. Oh yeah. I mean, flashy's good. Oh yeah. Did you tie it like a fly on there? No, I just hooked it through the. No, dropped it down. Really? Yeah. That makes it even better. Yeah. Well, it's. It, I run live scope. I don't know if you guys had any experience with live scope, no, no, no. but it's it, it's like a live imaging I have. technology. It's freaking cheating. I don't think so. Oh no, it's cheating. It, no, I don't think so. Well, tell me you, why it's not cheating. Because you still got to know how to use it, and that right there, that learning curve is no, wait, what, using the technology. Using the or technology to fish. No, using the technology. So it's cheating. It's not cheating. You understand the technology catch fish. That's cheating. You you don't everybody everybody said that about everybody said that. You don't have to about. understand the fish, but you have to understand the computer. You understand the computer. You, you still got to know what fish you're looking at. Yep. You still got to put the bait in front of them. Yep. You still got to know the size of the fish. Yep. Everybody said it about side scan whenever side scan came out. Oh, it's going to kill fishing. What hurt side scan more than anything was pan optics. No, I feel like side scan's harder to learn. There's a lot more to it. That's I'll a lot it. of people cannot visualize how side scan shadows and stuff of it i'll I'll roll with that like they can't understand how it like folds out but the pros i mean the guys that really understood it they killed with it same way with mapping everybody said with mapping whenever mapping every time there's going to be a big evolutionary change there's going to be somebody talking crap and and with live scope and and right now it's me so i'm talking i'm I'm saying it's cheating you haven't changed my mind yet no that's and and i can tell you if you've not had live scope and you go out for the first time, you're going to have a learning curve like no other. Yeah. I've I've used LiveScope somebody else's, though. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to understand how to use it. I just looked at it and I'm like, oh, that's a catfish. Oh, that's a crappie. Oh, that's walleye swimming by. But you still can't make them bite. No. It's true. No, that, that I watched literally the day, the last day I was. You got video see, on it. Yeah, using LiveScope, I watched at least 50 catfish swim by. Mm-hmm. And this was through the ice, so they're like not tuned up at all. But um, using LiveScope, it, it, it was probably the difference between five fish and zero to two fish. But here's the, the counter on that. Do you think I like when you see it? Do you get more? Obviously, you're going to get excited. I can can adjust my technique based on knowing what the fish is because on a flasher, you kind of have an idea. Well, like you were talking like a walleye versus cat. You got jig versus dead stick. Yeah, like a cat, you want to hold that thing still. With a walleye, you got to move it because if you hold it still, he'll lose interest. So seeing that it was a cat on the Because on a flasher, you're just getting that mark. You're going, I know there's a fish... And at you, 20 you, foot. You can read the mark and be like, wow, that fish takes up 
the bottom two feet, so it's probably catfish, you okay. know. But uh, and then adjust your technique accordingly. But by the time that you're reading two feet, it might be too late. But with a live scope, you see them coming from a long ways away, and you got that time to get. You got that time. That's why I didn't know if you'd like get too excited. I, I you don't. don't. I don't. You're different. I'm. You don't count. I'm very different. But yeah, that that would be the only counter thing, like. Would you get like too excited and too fixated on something? Some people, I'm sure, do. You know, that's the only thing. But I some can people think of like that. me don't. And no. Then I then I beat them up more than I would have. Yeah, care to weigh in, Stu? I I was just trying to think of the counter. Like, Stu, could, you, could you, it be well, detrimental? Being quiet, Stu. You need to weigh in on this. Oh, I'm very because you got about it. About I'm it. very I'm very passionate about this. Well, yeah, this like topic. you got it. You well, know, you're, 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 catfish, you're catfish crappy yet. Well, and I mean, that's I, I, I can see panoptics or crappie being like the greatest thing ever. It is. Like, in my the, eyes. Like, that's the, probably one of the things that would be like strive and be like one of the best things. And that's where live scope has really excelled. Or I, I say live scope because now. Panoptics, now Hummer, it's all the yeah, same. Now yeah, now Hummingbird's got it. Now Lawrence has yeah. got it. But I mean, live scope was the first, really. Yeah. But I, I, I always go back because you still have to use it. I mean, I don't know how many guys over the years. And I was fortunate enough, I bought live scope. Within two months of it coming out. Yeah. Now, this was just three years ago. You're smart. And I talk all You're this way ahead of everybody. I'm talking well, all not this only shit. That, but I had that live scope, and I just sitting here wishing I had it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I don't want to throw the money factor into it, but that is a division, too. I mean, you've got the guys that just hate it because they say it's not fish, and then you got the guys that hate it because it's, just, it's expensive. They can't afford it. Yeah. But at the same time, I remember whenever I bought my first side scan set up, it was only two hundred dollars difference than yeah. what LiveScope cost right now. So, and that was what 10, 12 years ago. So, yeah. if you yeah. had inflation in, it really probably wasn't well, that. Technology different. always depreciates too. It, so. You're never going to get your money back out of it, right? I mean, yeah. it's like buying a if computer, you, especially or used car. if you're the first. Yeah. You get that first gen of stuff. It's not. Yeah. You're paying that premium. Yeah. But you still got to know how to use the technology, and that's and that's in where five I keep years going it's going to be so much better, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a quarter of the cost. Yeah, but that's my. But argument. you're losing out on five years, so you got the guy yeah, that's like, oh, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, you know. And, and, and they get it, and they go, "This is so much better than the first time I got it." But you could, you'll be, you'll. But it's more of how many fish would you have caught if you would have had it for five more years? You well, know? see, like in my experience with crappie fishing, I'll be up front. I catch less fish. Now bigger, bigger that I ones. use live scope, bigger ones, but I catch bigger ones. Yeah, yeah. You target. I target bigger ones. Gotcha. Where I see it playing out for me, because I'm not a big crappie guy, but where I see it really playing out is uh, hybrids. Yeah, hybrid stripers. Mm-hmm. Like you go around, you find that school dropping jig and wrap. Down oh, it's so much fun to watch them, and you oh, well, man. you learn so much too. That's what a lot of people yeah. don't realize. Is you can, I mean, I've learned more about fish behavior in the last three years than I ever did you know oh, well i've never seen fish behavior like that in open water like mm-hmm. i have a flasher and i go ice fishing and then you see how fish respond to different things when you're ice fishing and the winter winter fish are a lot different mm-hmm. than summer fish that's that flathead that's that flathead eating <laughs> yeah, back that's flathead <laughs> toilet right there <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on hey, if you're someone who spends a lot of time outside. And since you listen to this podcast, I'm going to go out on the limb and say, you probably are. Sunglasses are super important and water lane sunglasses are my personal favorite. They're super comfortable. I mean, I have a pair on right now. 
can barely even tell they're there, other than the fact that, you know, everything's a little bit darker. But seriously, they don't pinch your head behind your ears like a lot of sunglasses do, so you don't have to take them off every couple hours, you know, and massage that spot behind your ears. Wearing them all day is no big deal. They have they have awesome lenses, too. I mean, they cut glare like no other. They're practically like putting on fish x-ray vision. And you'll look great in them. My favorite frames are the Ashers. I like how the sides are a little bit wider, you know. Keeps that little bit more of that glare out of your eyes and helps you see in the water a little bit better. And You don't have to squint your eyes all day. And you, you don't have that fatigue, which is, is really nice. And if you want to help support this podcast you can use promo code rc10 at checkout and that'll save you 10 percent off on your sweet sweet new shades and you'll help support the river certified podcast i really appreciate it sam what 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 fish finder do you have on the boat i got helixes i feel like birds. He, they're about the best bang for the buck bang for the buck and simplistic to use. Cause I don't I'm, think you can beat I'm it. I'm a pretty simple-minded individual. I'm a fan. I mean, well, I put Garmin's on my new boat. I haven't used them. I don't know what they're like. I have no idea. We're going to find out. I got crash em. course. I got Garmin's at my house. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer's boat's been living at my house. We yeah. started rigging it there. <laughs> so I drove my boat up to Sam's house because it doesn't function right now. And... uh I dropped it off and we worked on it. Then I picked up his boat and took it back to my house. And thankfully, you're a hell of a guy and let me borrow that. Yeah, I try. I got a couple fishing rods coming. Well, in I I didn't want to disappoint your your followers. Well, honestly, I mean, like, I knew I and honestly, I knew I was going to be busy for like at least a month, month and a half. Because he goes, oh, they said two weeks. I go, yeah, it's at least two months then. It's been two weeks <laughs> for four yeah. or two months. But anyways, I'm like, that. I'm going to be busy here for a while. I'm like, I know I'm not going to use that. And I go, you can just take it, man. I'll give you props. It takes a good friend to loan out a boat. Yeah. I go, if you're going to mess it up, mess it up good because they only got to pay 250 Well, I watched him drive around today, and I've watched him drive around before, and I'm a lot nicer to yeah. you than you are. That's why I've always figured that. I'm like, I don't think anybody's going to be harder on my own boat than me, so... And I know Spencer's not gonna. You can't. He's not gonna be hot rodding it. No, I'm not gonna even. First of all, it's a boat. It's meant to get run hard. In my eyes, they're meant to run hard. Well, worst thing you can do is put around them. Yeah. The best thing you can do is just let run her run them hard. Yep. So I told Spencer when he breaks in that new motor, I go, "Don't follow that procedure. Just run it hard. Yep. Break it in. How you're gonna run it? All right. So I want. I'm interested. To hear what you guys intrigued, say. intrigued, interested, whatever. Um, when I hear somebody say they're going to wait for water conditions to change to go fishing, what's your thoughts? Like well, the water's high, so I'm going to wait till it drops, or the water's low, I'm going to wait till it rises, or it's too cold, it's too hot. What comes to mind? I, to me, it's situational because, well, for instance, right here, this Mississippi, yeah, it's. It's high. It's damn near 100 miles from my house, too. Yep. So so that's as, a good point to bring up. As, Distance traveled to go fishing. As much as I want to fish it as much as I can, you know, I'm dedicating a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of gas, everything in it. You're talking to the guys who drove six hours. Yeah. I, I tend to watch 
that level. When you think it's going to be good, you're coming here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, now, yeah, there I, are days, you know, that I just, nah, hell with it, I'll just go. <laughs> but more times than not, if it's a long drive or something. You're trying to wait for a prime I'm trying time. to, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Now, yeah. close to home or something? We Why wouldn't you? Because we don't know. <laughs> we yeah. don't know what prime is, so we just show up. Yeah. And figure it out. Well, that's the same way with trips. Or, I, so, yeah, sometimes you have it planned. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I went down to, to Watts Bar, and it rained for three days down there. I, I had to fish, you know. I mean, I drove six and a half hours, so yeah. you had to do it. Is that all it is from your place? I'm so jealous. About six and a half, seven hours, yeah. Nice. Well, I, well, when we go to Watts Bar, we drive through St. Louis to get there. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I've never been there, but I know. I know where it's at. Everywhere on that river <laughs> is the same distance. It's, isn't that ridiculous? It's all 12 hours. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're on the east side, the central side, the south side. It's all 12 hours. Yeah. And then it cuts back north. And the part that I don't even want to fish is closer. But anyway, so you went to Watts Bar and it rained the whole time. Yeah. End of story. It's a good story. You just tough through it. Uh, you have to, right? Because you're you going on a trip. Yeah. Same way with my Canada story or whatever. You know, it rained for seven days. You, you fish every time because you're 1,200 miles from home, right? Yep. So I I'm like it. the only weirdo who just fishes all the time, no matter mm. what. No, no. If it's close to home, I'll go out. Like, what In, do you do? Inclement weather. Like, I'm trying to think. What was that? Three years ago around home, we had that big flood. Another 100-year flood, you yep. know? Another one. You know, we've had like three in my lifetime already. Right? I'm 36 yeah. years old, yeah. but they always claim it's a hundred year flood. flood. Yeah. Every decade. Yeah. But well, anyway, what did I do? I went fishing. Yeah. I, I, caught I tried a couple times, but they, I was just, I seen so many night crawlers coming out of the ground on that. I go, there's no way there's any fish that is not busting at the I don't know how you can catch one. I did. Like one? No. How fat was it? Though? Caught a lot of them. How fat was it? They were all flat. Very. Yeah. Nightcr- just goo nightcrawler yeah. in their bellies. Every- like, I ain't kidding you. I've never seen night. I didn't know there was that many in the ground. <laughs> There's ways around it. Yeah. High water excites me. It High bother. water does, but that was like, I couldn't. There's yeah. things that don't excite me, but when someone says they're, they're not going to go fishing because the water's high. I tried some different it, things. It, I just get giggity. I'm like, stay home. I tried I'll go some, catch them for you. Back. I tried some different things, and then it was like I couldn't even put in places. Yeah, and it my, got to the point. My where, thing is such such niche, you know. Like, yeah, like I'm finding little little squigglies, little dealies where I'm catching fish, and and I'm not always fishing for the same fish. Like, no, like, I'm talking that where you hitting the river. Yeah, but then I'll fish for other things too. Like if the water's raging. Then I might not. No, be. we're talking when it's completely way out of the banks. Like, yeah, you know, when the water's crazy, I might not be catfishing. I might be hybrid. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, you're fishing, but I'm talking. But like I'm, I'm ch- fishing trying to catch cats based on that. the conditions. And yeah, you're chasing something else. That's different. Yeah, like if the water's up, like there's ways. To catch like them. I try to do things different to go get cat. Well, there's ways to do that too, and I'm not saying I didn't. And do I that. tried. I tried some stuff that I thought would work, and it did not work. But that's how, I'm like. That's how you know way they're feeding. But that's what you figured out. Or they're, they're already fed well, up. That's, yeah, that, they're, that's they're, what I'm saying. So you say fishing, right? Like, yeah, I'm just going been, fishing. Okay, so like in my, my case, if there's, say I know there's going to be a 15-mile south wind or something, or just bad weather, you know you're not going to you know you're not gonna go fishing. But I'll still go out in the lake. That's the reason I got 4,200 waypoints on my depth finder. Sure. Is I will go out 
and I will do nothing but scan. I'll run that boat for eight hours, mm-hmm. and I won't throw a rod in the, I won't throw a line in the water. Just trying to but figure you're out learning. where they're at. But I'll come home and I'll have forty new waypoints that whenever the weather's good, I'll go out there and kill them. Yeah, sure. and a lot of yeah. people, a lot of people won't do that either. You know, they just the scouting. They'll sit at home. It's scouting. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, it's no scouting. different than deer hunting, right? Yeah, you scouting. You're not right. going to just go sit in a deer stand for the first time and expect to kill a giant, right? I've went and ran my boat just checking stretches of river out. I don't even take a pole. Yeah, or even like a river. You know, you'll find eddies you're that insane. you know is not there. You're or insane. go. I'm still taking a pole. <laughs> I'm still taking a pole. Like even, I have, even if I'm not going to catch anything, I'm still going to try. A lot like, of people I'll, won't I'll go do that, scout though. and put the waypoints in, but I'm still going to throw a, ro- a line in the water. I, I have. Mean, yeah. You get stupid lucky, and what if you get lucky and it's a freak? You oh, know, yeah. like it only takes one bite to like make your year. You know, and what if it happens to be in stupid conditions? It happens sometimes. So, like, I totally get the whole scouting thing, you know? Like, you go out and you, you check out places, but I, I got to put a line in the water, man. Like, when I go break in my boat, I'm going to have bait in the boat. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I, I usually do. But then again, that's where you learn, though. I, I still if think If you're that not, not time thinking on, about Every time you're on the water, you're, you're learning. learning. You're yeah. learning. And it only makes you better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and not everybody's looking to learn, you know? Like, that's the other side of it. You know, some people are just going out to ha- have fun and... And honestly, have that's my version of fun. So if somebody's just going out to hang out and that's their version of fun, more power to them because if they're having fun, that's what you're out there for. My version of fun is I'm going to go out there, I'm going to learn, I'm going to try to get better next time I come out, and that makes me feel like the trip was fun. And if I don't, if I, if I leave the trip and don't feel that way, I don't think it was fun. See, but like when you get something new and you're trying to learn it, I think if you're if you're wanting to fish, it takes away from that. Like like you with your new your you got brand new depth finders, yep. brand new trolling motor, yep. brand new hole everything. Yep. But I mean obviously the trolling motor and depth finders are the hardest thing to learn. Yep. Just go out with nothing. I'm not gonna do go. it. You can't do it? Nope. I'll figure it out as I go. <sighs> Nope. If you went out and just did it, See, I, I, I agree with you. It, it, you need that time just to just to dedicate. Focus. To it. Yeah, you're focused. Not 100 percent on. Not going to do it. You can't do you it. Can't do it. Physically can't do it. <laughs> no, and I'm not going to argue that. that Even is, if that's the fastest way to learn, but it's not even fastest. It's the most. I think it's the the. Uh, it's the most efficient. Yeah, I mean, efficient. It's, I mean, like, it's just. It's, I don't. You're dedicating it. it to it don't. because you can watch as many videos you want, yeah. and you can read as manual in the I'm, face. But. I'm going to watch as few videos as I can. <laughs> and I'm going to read the manual as little as I can. I'm going to yeah. go out there. I'm going to throw some baits in the water. And I'm going to. This is not out. a good way to sell guide trips. Oh, I, know, <laughs> I know nothing about this equipment. <laughs> I'm just trying to pe- prep people for a way it's going to be. Yeah. No. Yeah. But honestly, I think I tell you what. Anybody's going to book a trip. I'm gonna have equipment that I know, like and if oh look at him back, but this is the way I'm gonna find out. <laughs> like, hey, I'm shit. just learning this stuff. So no, if, be prepared. If, no, if I've if if it came push to shove and somebody and I had a trip the next day and I would I would go out 
I'd still take bait, and I'd still, I'd still <laughs> take. Push comes job, bait's going in. Yeah, we're gonna I, learn together, guys. No, no, I'm not gonna bring that. Hey, by the way, I, this is a learning trip. I'm figuring all this stuff out. But all right, so let's say somebody books a flathead trip, and I have my boat. All I have to learn is the motor. I know where the fish are. Oh yeah, that's different. Yeah. But if somebody's like, hey. Well, let's go out and chase hybrids. Yeah. And be like, well, okay. I should probably figure this crap out. Yeah. Because that's a totally different story. But, or if you're coming on the big river and back bouncing back. Yeah, I've never ran this troll in my life. I, let's I know, go. I'm not guy. But, you know, it's chase. just an example. Just an example. No, you would get You tell me you wouldn't. If I'm not driving six hours without no. bait. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did, but we had bait when we got here. We had a hookup. Yeah. We did have a hookup. And if you want to know the hookup, it was Jason and uh, with STL Catfishing, and he's the man. If you Great want to, dude. If you want to book a trip for blue cats, you book them with that guy. That guy will put you on fish. And he'll also maybe hook you up with bait if you're nice to him. Maybe. And give him money. And give him money. Yeah, he ain't going to give it to you. No. Nah, Bait's expensive. Like, so, I've barely ever bought bait in my life other than, like, minnows. You to know? give people perspective on what the trip costs, you have, he went, what What does he go through? Three to four packs of bait. Ten, ten bucks a pack. Ten bucks a piece. So 30 to 40 bucks in bait. Probably burning 30 to 40 bucks in fuel. Probably. How much lead is he losing in it? Yeah. Dude. Lead's not easy to come by yeah. anymore. Either. It's hard. Well, he don't, he's buying all them singers, man, which I don't blame him a bit. He ain't poor enough. Well, maybe he is, but... But still, the price of that, I mean... It adds up, especially when you're talking big, about big losing... Chunks like well, that. Especially out here. I mean, you know, we're using pound and a half, two pound, two and a half pound weights out here. Yeah, it adds up quick. You're talking anywhere from minimum 20 to 40 ounces of lead hanging off the side of the boat. Each rod, you know, you lose three or four of them a day. And that, I mean, he's, this is total expenses. A couple bucks a hook for, too. Yeah. Total yeah. expenses for the trip. I mean, he's well over 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, by the time you add all that together, then you got the boat and everything else that you got to justify insurance. I mean, so much. moral of the story is that if you're going to come down here and go blue cat fish and Jason don't care, he's going to put you on fish. He's like expenses be damned. <laughs> he's going to put you on him. So he's a good dude. And he doesn't stop. He's never satisfied. Well, that's the thing, man. He's like, you just nailed it. He's like nonstop. Like, you'd put one like, I mean, Spencer got a good one this morning. You know, he got. Yeah. And I Not a PB. I tell him about it. Not a PB. I tell him about it. He's like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He just goes, yeah, it's a good one. Go get another one. Got 100 pounder last week. Yeah. (laughs) No, he doesn't even do that. He'd just be like, yeah, now go get another one. Yep. You know, he's, he's that type of guy. You know, he's like. There's always could be more, and it could be better. Absolutely. And he doesn't stop. That bell rings, and he doesn't even want to stop. I don't know. I I thought about guiding down here, like what it'd take to do what he does. and What's he look like when he's running his boat? He looks like he's playing a drum set. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a side rod. He's got a bumping rod. And then all the clients are running side rods, and then he's which he's dictating them too, going, "Hey, crank it up, <laughs> yeah. a couple turns." You know. Which, if you've never done this, is I mean, you've got to be on it. You're playing yeah. a drum set. I mean, you like between be the on trolling it. motor, or as my wife would say, you're playing bop it. Yeah. Except for us, it was like crank it, snag it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like legit, you know, 
me and Spencer, you know, we fish a little bit, you know, a couple times. But this a couple hundred times a doing this ti- this tough this type of deal is way different than anything we ever do. Yeah. And difference in undersell. We screw up way more than you know somebody like you or Jace, you know, somebody who does it all the time. And it's just like it's, it, you you just like do we even know what we're doing? I don't know, yeah, man. Like, oh, I, I got it. I got it bad today. Like, I think we were talking about before we started. I'm just like, I hit, like, we hit this run. Spencer Spencer was just on it. And I was just like, snag, snag, snag every time. And I'd snag Spencer because of this. I got to have tunnel vision, yeah. man. Like, you're running a boat. You're dicking yeah. with all this stuff. And all I'm worried about is making sure that sinker hits the bottom and doesn't hit it too hard and don't get snagged. And I'm just fluffing it over stuff, and then all of a sudden, dink, got a bite, dink, got a bite, dink, got a bite, and that's the difference, you know. Like you, you're playing the drum set, and I'm reeling in fish. So, and Spencer has it down pat. All he does is give you praise. So it's not, yeah. I'm like because like if somebody's giving you negative sand. back, here you go. You think you can do better? You just hand them the first no, remote, you know. Like I, I, my, my goal is to get good enough at bumping that I can bump through anything. And, <laughs> and if you're like swaying the boat, it don't matter. I'm yeah, I'm bumping. like, oh, we're out of control. He goes, I'm still bumping. Yeah, it's fine. Just like bump. when I'm tying or something, you know, it gets cocked or something. He's like, I'm still bumping bump, for life. Still bumping, bump through. Still it. bumping, yeah. bump through it. It's a skill for sure. Yeah, it really is. It. And like, I haven't done it. A t- you know, I've done it a handful of times, and it's just like. And I still don't always got it, you know. Like sometimes you're like, "Oh, I'm awesome," and you're like, "I'm an idiot." You're just, you just drop it down. You're like, "I'm hung up." The the hardest thing is when the boat gets swaying because, yeah. like, out of the back of the boat, you're you're trying to maintain this constant speed. So anybody, the bumping, the bumping, you're floating. If, let's say the current's like four or five mile an hour. You try to cut the boat speed in half, and then you drop a sinker off the back of the boat with you. The, you know, bait a three-way rig, basically sinker on a dropper below your bait, and then your bait fluttering around downstream. And you drop it down, and you feel the bump when it hits the bottom. That's why it's called bump. And then you lift and let some line out until you hear the bump again, and it bumps, bumps, bumps. bumps I don't bumps. hear it. Or, sorry, you feel it. <laughs> You're not using the right rod. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you better. I hope the whisker seekers. You don't hear it. That explains everything. Yeah. Why you keep snagging? But I run whiskers you hear bumper nods. You, too, so. you keep let it bump along, and then every once in a while you feel a tink, and then there's a fish, and you reel down and lift, and you you got them. So that's bumping. So to be able to run a trolling motor and a side efficiently, of, efficiently, there's a big difference. Yeah, you can run a trolling motor, but. But even just to run it at all without, like, dying is saying something down here. So, yeah. I don't know. For me to sit in a passenger seat, I ain't going to say anything. Like, I'm just going to sit there and keep bumping through bump, bump through it, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. My goal is I don't come down here that often. I want to get real good at bumping. And then the next step will be to bump and have good control of the boat. And then the next step will be to bump run a side rod and have good control of the boat and then I'll feel good about it. Right now I don't feel good about it. I and you watch like, Jason or like he's playing drum set. And it, it 
it's effortless. Mm-hmm. And he's like taking freaking, hey, yeah, I'm we ever another the, trip. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the guy from playing the drum set from Pantera, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he could do that stuff. He's got one sleep. arm. No. Yeah. Or that's Depp Leopard. Depp Leopard. Whatever. I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, same deal. I bet Jason can do it with one arm. Yeah. He'd, he'd figure it out. He needs a headset. <laughs> he does. <laughs> now, it's a different world down here, though, like compared to the stuff that I'm used to. Yeah. That's why it's fun. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Ever yeah. Well, even like you, you you say you come over here to do it, you know. It's, how many how often a, are you over here? Uh I like to get over here, which like I said, we kinda talked about that earlier, where yeah. I kinda pick my best days. But you but, pick your days, but how many days are you picking? Like are you over here twenty days a year? Probably fifty. Fifty? That's a pretty um, good number. I'd say I'd say between forty and fifty. That's yeah. Pretty, yeah. That's lively. I, I mean I, I work pretty hard through the summer and you know it's different, but like, like when when you think it's gonna be good, you're coming for a I'm, weekend. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna come both days, and I mean it's yeah, I'm gonna put twelve hours in on that river, and mm-hmm. that's where you learn. But I mean, so I went down to Watts Bar, and around here where I live, it's it's mud. We don't have clear lakes, right? Sure. I mean, you're fishing with with braid. You're fishing, you know, three foot deep right in front of the boat, and fish aren't spooky. Go down to Watts Bar. You can see down like 15 foot deep. I went it's down there. cool. It's cool. It's I've awesome. been down there yeah. once. Yeah. And I went down there and fished a tournament down there this spring. Cat tournament? No, crappie tournament. Crappie. All right. They have studs down there. They're pretty good fish. I mean, I caught several two-pounders while I was down there. I was down there for a day and a half. I caught several two-pounders. So you caught several two-pounders in a day and a half. Yeah. They're studs down there. There's pretty good fish, but... Pretty good. Yeah, no big pretty. deal. The, I just just a bunch of sixteen inches. It's, it's a not a couple seventeens. No big deal. It's not Texas. Listen, let's just get out of that. It's Texas not, has bigger crappie. Oh than yeah, that. hands down. Hands like down. bigger than like Grenada. Uh it's very comparable, and it's funner to fish because you're in timber all the time in those okay. East Texas lakes. Okay, yeah. it, it's all it's a new way of. Or, I mean, it's to me, it's is that I, just. See, I I've never really heard of it either. Is I didn't just me either. Like, no, I, I well, I mean, a lot of it was live scope because I mean the timber's always been there, but now you're yeah. picking the big fish out of the timber. Gotcha. You know, before it was, and this has happened within the last couple three years, you know. But whenever you go out there and you know you're looking at that 17, 18 inch, or it's by itself, you know, in twenty foot of water suspended on that one tree. That's that's pretty fun. Yeah, but down there on Watts Bar, right? You can't vertical jig those fish. Not like I can here because the water's so clear. Oh. You, I, I learned so much about fall rate, and and I was cast into these fish 60, 70 foot out. You, 60, 70 foot out. You know, if you got 40, 50 foot close to them, they was gone. They, they could in feel the boat, it. In, in the, the boat, boat yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I was out throwing 60, 70 foot to them. And, you know, around here, if you drop too low below a crappie, you can pull it right up. He'll still eat it right. down there. If that fall rate wasn't just perfect, I mean, it took a long time to dial in the right jig, the right weight, everything, and they'd come right up to it. And I mean, it was it was just so cool to to see because it was such a different way of fishing. Hell yes, you know, versus really sweet. And I mean, I'm gonna go down there just because that's that different way of fishing. Right. It's something I don't get to experience around here. You you just nailed it. Why we're here? Yeah, Yeah, it's the same thing. And it was, I mean, it was so much fun. Oh, that's yeah. different. And that's that's what brings me to those trips is I don't have to catch the giant fish or a ton of fish, but something new, something I've never done and trying to figure it out, that in itself is a, a cool trip, sure. you know. About the only time I get big into crappies is through the ice. You ever ice fish? 
you know, I'm kind of right on the edge. I call, I well, say, I, where I we understand li- you are, but you travel. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I say we're an asshole of the country. I mean, we get, you know, freeze thaw all winter. You do. You uh, I do. mean, it, we never get consistent. It never freezes up or it never just completely thaws. Well, some guys drive north. Yeah. Well, that's why I was wondering. Like, I, I, never drive I, ha- I've never drove north just to ice fish. Okay. Um, I, I need to, I guess. Well, if you ever do, let me know. We'll go catfishing through the ice. There we though. go. No. Yeah. We don't no. have any two-pound... Well, no. No ice fishing. Oh. Doesn't count. You can't... So, to I, say... I, I love ice fishing. We'll go I mean, I only fishing. get to do it a few times a year. Yeah. So you yeah, have went ice fishing. Oh, I go ice fishing every chance I get around here. You sure. know, normally we'll it's get... something different. We'll get... Two to three weeks ice fishing a year down where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, but, I mean, the big lakes never freeze, so it's always ponds. Right, right. And, actually, my PB crappie came oh, through the ice. Is. Which PB for Spencer. He loves it. not going to say anything. He it, loves it. It did. I, I still don't count it. Really? As you got the, your biggest one came through the ice? Yep. And all the crappie How big is did. it? Three, seven, six. You got a 3.7 pound uh, freaking crappie? In a pond? In a pond, yeah. Yeah, so I don't. So where's this pond? At? Yeah, no uh, doubt, special pond. <laughs> I was just say, that'd be a pond. See, I don't get jacked up on crappies. I get jacked up on a three pound crappie, but so would ninety percent of fishermen. Yeah, out. which I don't know. I, I have a like hard how, time. How long was it? Just I, I'm trying to figure. Seventeen. Because I don't think quarter. I've ever. I don't think I've ever weighed a crappie in my life. Seventeen three quarter. Yeah. I, and then I caught and, a I caught several two eights. I caught a two eight four down in Texas oh year before last. I've caught I've caught several over two seven. So they're roughly in that seventeen ish. Seventeen eighteen, yeah. yeah. I mean these are you know, whenever we had ice here is kind of our freak cold spell, you know, and it was yeah. March, so they was you know, pre spawn and gotcha. But no, it's and I still have a hard time say, saying that's my P V too, because I'm one of those guys and I I don't know. I have my, a hard time calling a PB out of a pond. My, well, I, I don't know. And some people are probably right, just to clear the air. My problem with PB is that uh, people there's people who get wrapped up in catching the biggest of everything, and I feel like it detracts from the experience of fishing itself. Oh, 100 percent. Like I think you, you got to enjoy the process, and if you get wrapped up in the end result, it, it takes away from the experience. And I'm I'm all about the experience. Like we were out on the water today. And it was hot. It was cold in the morning. Then it was hot, and and um, we cooked tacos in the boat. And we caught some. We caught a few fish this morning. It was slow, and then all we of a caught, sudden, we, we caught, caught a big good one. This we caught morning. a big. We caught one big first fish. One big dog. First fish. Big dog. That was sweet, but it was slow. And then all yeah. of a sudden, it just turned on. To me, I love catching that big fish. But the fact that we ate tacos and then when we wrapped it up, we were like, well, I guess we'll do this because of this. Like we put a pattern together and the pattern came to life and we started banging them out. And I felt like, like I knew what I was doing. And then to focus on that big fish this morning would have taken away from what happened this afternoon. You kind of forgot about it. I honestly. did. I did. I did too. We caught a bunch of like We were on it. Like yeah. it was like. Well, I wasn't on it there for a while, you know, but Spencer had it. He was clicking. I was tunnel vision. He was clicking. I was tunnel vision, man. I'm like, don't worry about me, man. He's like, ah, and I'm like, Jim, keep doing what you're doing. The funniest part was you were like, hey, how am I driving the boat? I'm like, I don't care. And I'm tying <laughs> up, and he goes, don't worry about it, man. I'm catching. Yeah, I'm just just in tune with it. And, uh, and I'm like, 
why didn't you tell me I was way off? He goes, I don't know. Like, you're tying up. And I'm just like. I didn't care. I'm like, tell me, get my ass over. You know, all I have to do is hit a button, you know. Anybody who understands bump and understands, like, boat controls everything. And um, I didn't care about boat control. I was just enjoying the experience, man. Like, we put together a pattern, and the pattern came to life. And we're catching fish, and they weren't, like, freak shows or anything. But we were having fun, Yeah, you know. and Yeah, that's more than anything. It's just. Like you said, the experience of yeah. it. So I went down, uh, I went down to Lake of the Ozarks this spring. There's At, freak show crappies down there, man. Well, I I went down there, and they've got Spoonbill down there. They've got a Spoonbill snagging yes, season down do. there. Well, we did the same thing. And uh, I've always wanted to go down there and snag a Spoonbill with live scope. Ooh, that would be interesting. Pick out my fish, right? Yeah. I mean, rather than just you know drag a whole bunch of rods around yeah. on Dipsy Diver and yep. just hope and pray. you know. And so I went down there one weekend... It poured down rain. I drove through rain. And I was down there for about a day and a half, and I did it. And I went down there. Granted, I did hook a big one, but I mean, just the experience of going down there, saying, "I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna pick out my fish, and I'm gonna catch him." Yeah, and it was totally worth it. And that, I ended up getting 82 pounder out of the deal. So oh, I mean, you got 82. It, it was. Holy I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was fun. So when you say you lost a big one, you lost a bigger one than that. No, I didn't lose one. Oh, Damn, I thought you said you lost one. No. I'll lose fish. Oh. <laughs> that makes one of us. No, I lose them all the time. I don't think we lost. We were, haven't really lost anything. Oh, you just jinxed us. Uh, that's fine. Jesus. That's fine. No, I, I like the experience of it. Something new. I would rather go and catch three fish in a weekend doing something I've never done before than go tear them up doing something I've been doing for See, 15 years. See, that's part years. of my problem, man, because, like... There's a handful of, well, we talked about down in Texas. Like, the worst thing that ever happened to me was I caught a, my biggest blue cat ever down there. And then I wanted to keep going back. And I'm like, this is the body of water I need to figure out. And we keep going back. And it just slaps me in the face, slaps me in the face over and over again. But um, my thing, I just go to new places. You know, I mean, there's a couple that I keep going back to. But the reality is I don't spend much time there. And I'm going to these new places all the time, and I don't have them dialed in. I'm not, like, aware of what fish do when the weather does this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. So, but it's fun guessing. I, or not guessing, but educated guessing. Oh, that's it, my favorite part is It's an educated it out, right? guess. Like, yeah. It really it is. is. You know, and I'm, I'm You take your it. knowledge of other stuff and try to apply it mm -hmm. elsewhere. Yep. That's the challenge of it, because if you just go out and do the same thing over and over and over. It, I think that's, that's what you call fishing, right? If, if, if it's you're not just catching. down and catching, you know, it's just but catching. if you go out and do the same thing over again and you pay attention, you learn stuff and you figure stuff out. And um, I'm totally cool with that, but I get bored. I, I love the idea of having a quality home water and figuring out the home water. But if I'm going on a trip, I like doing different stuff. You know, like we come down here and this, this is the third year I've been down here. And the the thing that keeps it fresh is like every year it's something different, you know, like. The first two years I go out with Jason and then now we're going out and trying, we're trying spots that I never fished with nobody else. And honestly, that's where we had our best luck today. We, didn't see, we had nobody. We had a couple guide boats just go. Yeah. All the guide boats just <laughs> zip by us. Like, and that's fine. You know, yeah, yeah. honestly, that's cool. Well, they've got their milk run, you know, so yeah, I, and I understand what they're doing. Um, and it makes absolute sense what they're doing, but man, I love it when they zip by like 
they're probably looking at us like we're morons and well, one guide boat would think we're oh, morons. Right? Well, tell I me. seriously double snagged. So I had a down rod going, and I was bumping too. And all of a sudden, we go uh, right by. Right, we're well, right. I'll, I'll put his name out there. We went right by the legendary Ryan Casey while he's got client boats out or clients out in his boat, and uh, I don't know. He he was behind this pillar, and we were probably I don't know. 80 yards off of him. Yeah. We're trying to bump through a line out away from him. Nasty, though. But, we knew it. Yeah. Like, we went through there once before. You know, it's a good spot, you know. And we're like, something's got to be here. And all of a sudden, I'm like, my down rod gets hung. And I'm trying to fight that one. And then I'm still trying to do my bump rod, you know. And all of a sudden, that one hangs. So I'm going like this. And trying to drive the boat with two rods. And I'm like reeling in my stuff as quick as I can. And then it's it pulling matter. us to where we don't want to be. You know, it's just like. And we're, I'm just like trying not to look at it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, we look like idiots. Yeah, because we are. Yeah. That's, yeah. But that's the cool thing about this river, too, you know. Because, I mean, I video out on this river all summer long. And, you know, that's what I, that's what I tell people. I'm not hiding any spots, right? I mean, right. you look at the background of every one of my videos and you can see the arch in it, right? Sure. So, I mean, you're, yeah. it's still, you still got to put that bait in front of the fish. I yeah. mean, it's, you can have these certain good spots, but at the same time, it's, it's still just putting a bait in front of the fish. From what and I can conditions. see, it's weather, weather and river. Well, weather and river conditions are dependent. Con- and you've got so many fish moving up. I yes. mean, yeah. you know, you get, you talk to Ryan. I mean, he's, what three or four tagged fish in the last year that came from nashville you you would know better that's that's 500 miles is that that that, is that how far it is that that fish has traveled i mean 500 river miles 500 river miles is it really that's impressive i I mean i know it's that far you know to come up through here one blue cat you know four or five hundred miles that's that's crazy. It, it, you know i mean them fish fish are always moving always moving well we saw that like we had a couple spots. We've been down here for a couple of days, and we mark fish here, and then all of a sudden we go back, and they're just gone. They're not there. And they're then you'll see not. a bite window, and there's well, we always a bite window out here, in my opinion. There's yeah, there's sure. one, like, hour and a half, two hours, that I mean, you'll just be on them. We so. didn't catch a fish afternoon the past two days. Yeah. And then today and then just today, went that was oh. That was best. Yeah. That was a, that was a window. Yeah. And that's that's river fishing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're playing to so many other elements that you're not playing to, you know, anywhere else, you know. Well, I would. All right. So here's my argument for that is river fishing. I would say river fish don't respond as negatively to cold fronts as lake fish do. So that's like the one thing I feel when we come down here and I look at the weather, I'm like, "Eh, it's 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 not the best, but it's not the worst. If it's the worst, I'm like, well, let's stay home. I kind of felt like it did, though, this time. I think so. But you guys well, came I off got, a giant rise, too. You had a four-foot gi- rise. We had a lot of condi- – it was a cold front coming into it, and we got big rise. See, like where we're at, big big rise. Big good. Big good. Yeah. Yeah. Big rise here, you just can't fish. There's yeah. so much trash. But we went right to the shore. Yeah, all them fish were right on the bank. They, they have were, to be. They were deep, you know. Like we like were running normal in. lines, like out on the you know the main channel edge and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, all our fish were shallow or were deep, but we're right on the bank in shallow or in, in slow moving, slower water. water that yeah. like the secondary channel is what I'd call it. Oh. Like that, yeah, the inside. 
where the barges are working. Not but, the rip. But not the rip. Not the main the main part of it. But that's part of the fun. Oh, that's, yeah, that's just time on the water, reading the river, and yep. adapting to the conditions. I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. And this river's like Absolutely. three, four times normal. What, <laughs> our size. But it's still, like we we talked about this, me and Spencer. It's still a it's, river. It's still a river. You it's, just got to think. You can still break it down. You still break it down. It's still the same thing. You turn the macro into the micro. Yeah, because we're used to micro. No. Yeah. yeah. You said wrong don't first. Say, don't micro say no. to macro. You said macro to micro, I think. No, I turned the macro, the big river, yeah. into a little river. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I said what I meant, and I meant what I said. <laughs> All right. This is a great time. Uh, this last cast. So this is a chance for you, mm. any of you, to say whatever you want. You got to see what he's found on the river. You oh, always got to do right. it. And actually, we all right. You I should have started the podcast off with this. You can't do it. I can't. So we'll You got to ask him now. We'll just ask Stu. I, I won't reveal all the wonderful finds we had in the, the big river. But Stu, um, do you have anything fun that you found interesting, different, you found floating down the river that you've never, you haven't found or that you think would be interesting to share with people? Oh, man. Not really. That's a good Float, one. Floating not, down the river. Not right. really. You would all think right. that. All right. So we got things like fridges. We got railroad ties. We have condoms. We have uh, dead dogs. We have. Wait, where's that? Well, Sam, describe, describe said bucket. Oh, a brand new Menards hot pink bucket with a lid on. And it had dead baby skunk in it. Yeah. Really? We had uh, Christmas ornaments. We have a uh, piglet stuck in tree from a flood. And that was from Joe. So, Joe, if you're listening, appreciate that one. Uh, That's sofa. impressive. I found a sofa the other day. Yeah. About two weeks ago, there was sofas floating down river. I've, I've found old boats. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't on the river, but I did find a, a, a really nice buck one time. And apparently he got under, got di- he died, and then the lake had froze over. Yeah. Because it was the day after ice out, and I was on there, and he, he floated up. That was pretty cool. I mean. Like a good one. Like a good one. Like 160-inch deer, <laughs> yeah. you know, out there floating, and you could just see one tine sticking up, and he was now, still about half in the ice. But. Well, that's a good I, one. I've never seen a deer. I've seen I've dead, dead deer, deer and live deer on the river, but I've never seen one like I've never that. seen a deer drown trying to swim across the river. I've never seen one drown, but I've seen a bunch of them swim across. And you would not believe how fast a deer for having can hooves. swim. For having hooves, yeah. they swim so fast. Me and, me and Ross almost ran over a deer. When we were running Diddy Sticks back in the day. Like, it was one of them mornings you run them all night, and you wake up, it's like 5.30, 6 o'clock, and you're half asleep, and we're cruising down the river, and we about ran over, like, a night. Probably a little foggy. No. No? It was... We we were a little foggy. Uh, (laughs) But the the water was fine, and we... uh, It was nice eight. It was, like, big, tall eight cruising across the river, and we about ran them over. All right, so just a deer. Yeah, I, I really don't have it. No, I, I feel bad. I, I really there's don't. so much amazing stuff coming. Well, out. I know yeah. how many dead bodies are probably floating well, down there, but, but I've never seen them. 
Dead body is not on the list. I know people. I thought I found. I thought I found one once, but we determined it was pig guts later. Somebody dumped them. I've never really found anything cool. Any high class booze bottles? We got Grey Goose. That's the highest end. No, no, not really. I'm. I'm failing on this one. I don't really have a lot. I'm not. I'm a little disappointed. I don't really have a lot to add to this. The I haven't been disappointed this whole time, but (laughs) the guy who runs Mississippi hasn't. Like I added eight different things on this list that were not on this list before the trip. No, no, we didn't see anything amazing. We saw different stuff. We saw different. You're right, different things, but nothing like. Oh my god! You know that that the flower pot. The flower pot was solid. Yeah, flower pot. Yeah, we good. added flower pot. We added flower pot today. All right. So anyway, last cast this is your chance to elaborate, share anything, plug anything you want. Yeah, plug. plug anything you want. And you should plug your YouTube yeah, you channels because you have multiple. And I'm a little disappointed in myself that we didn't like touch on the uh, trap. And yeah, yeah. Shoot them some trapping. Well, if if y'all are interested in, I know a lot of people are. Well, that's a touchy to, subject. Right, so quit being lacking the self confidence. No, I, and I know. Trust me, I've, I've been I've been doing this trapping thing on YouTube now for ten years, and it's been that long. You've been, been doing 10, it for a cool decade. It'll be I two thousand twelve or twelve two thousand twelve February ninth two thousand twelve is whenever I started that channel, and I've been uploading pretty consistent ever since then. Wow. You're like the OG. It's the long time. YouTube trap and sensation. Yeah, it's a long time. But okay. no, it's been fun. How much hate you get, though? So much hate. So much hate. <laughs> so, really? so much so hate. So much hate. <laughs> so what's the number one hate thing you get? Um, like, if you're like, I get that comment all the time. What uh, What's that comment? Oh, I don't know. I could pull up so many. I used to delete them anymore. I just leave them. You get a Peter run of people. Because I skin stuff, right? So, I mean, everybody hates seeing a fox, you know, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, why do you do this? And nobody understands. It, it's all uneducated. You know, it's it's uh, education. And I I always think these people, they're they're uneducated. Yeah. And exactly. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, right? You because only know what you know. You could call an astronaut uneducated, right? I mean, and I always put that in kind of perspective. So, I'm a carpenter, right? And sure. I can frame a house or I can, you know, do something. That an astronaut can't do. You're not going to walk up to an astronaut and call him uneducated, but he, you know, do whatever astronauts do. Yep. It's just, it, it, it's a that's a solid analogy. I was just going to yeah. comment. It's it just yeah. funny, you know, because and and if these people would be educated on the subject, they wouldn't they wouldn't have the hate. I don't think, you know. Sure. I mean, yeah. so that's that's what it is. But yeah, if you all are interested in in that trapping, fur handling, you know. Different things like that. I have a channel called Coon Creek Outdoors, and that's primarily what I do on that channel. Um, and then I started this new fishing channel, kind of a spinoff of my other channel, and Total Angling Experience. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of uh, a lot of catfishing, a lot of crappie fishing, a uh, few reviews, a lot of how tos. Um, Very educational. I I built my boat, the boat that I built, the twenty five foot boat. I documented that in pretty great detail and that's up on my channel you can check that out which is pretty badass it, it was a fun project yeah, yeah that's pretty cool man like i built fishing rods as a side hobby but to build a boat is like next level I, it, it was fun i mean it was probably one of the bigger undertakings i'll ever under, sure. you know i'll ever do sure and like you said I, I i build fishing rods as well you know and do you really it, yeah it's, gosh we didn't get into that either no it's that's a you're fun. gonna have to come back on that's a fun hobby yeah. Stu, Stu will be back. 
Because I'll be back here, so Stu will be back. Uh, yeah. Have to. We'll have to make it work. All right, Sam, it's your chance. Last cast. Last cast. I'm not as cool as him. Well, I'm not asking you to be. This is just your chance to talk about something. <sighs> I don't really have anything good at the moment. Well, you never do. I know. So just, I'm the last cast. I, I kind of right, I'll, I'll do last cast. So last cast for me is I caught the second biggest catfish I've ever seen in my life. Was that an SPB? Call whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the PB guy. I'll well, agree with you. I'm not a PB guy either. Right? No, this is a nice fish. Not so gonna I, lie. I was stoked. The the weird part, like I'm all about the experience and um I caught a fish the other day that fought harder that was like fifty like not fifty percent, but probably seventy percent the size of the fish that I caught today and it fought way better than this one did. And when it popped up, see expectations. Which is weird though. The small ones always do fight harder. I don't know about all of like, this I don't one. Know. Did. The other what was it mid forties? I would guess. Yeah, those, do, those, those fight hard. He fought. But he was a battler. It was a male. He was that the ugliest, like ugliest dude. <laughs> he I've was seen spawned out, freaking yeah. scarred up, you know, from coming out of the hole. In that one I caught today, couldn't have been prettier. Yeah, yeah. Textbook. Yep, it had gorgeous fish. Big old noggin, not a nick on it. And I hate saying that fish is beautiful, but that fish was pretty, pretty beautiful. You know that, like a lot of them around here, there that one you caught was dark too. You know that. Yeah, most of them are lighter. That that one was dark. You know, it was obviously male because dark and big old noggin. His mouth was all screwed up too. Scars on his head, scars on his side. But then that one he caught today was just picture perfect. Like a if somebody drew Mississippi one, blue, you yeah. Know? If somebody drew one, that's what it looked like. Yeah. So I was jacked that I got to see both of those fish. To be quite honest, and the stark contrast just kind of added to it, made it a little more entertaining. With it, at least within my small brain, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't think of a trip how it'd work out any better. Um, the only thing that'll top it off, we're going out in the morning, and hopefully, I mean, if we get another good fish, I mean, yeah. we get any fish. But I know where we're starting. I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a pretty good idea. Yep, yep. And and then the other side of it, and that's kind of where the PB thing comes from. But we came down here. We drove six hours. We came on a river that was less than stellar, far from what people would call ideal situation. That neither of us really know. Yep. The, at only, all. the only assistance we got was bait, which is huge. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you still got to find the fish and to go grind it out blank the first four or five hours, go out the next day, have a slow day, but catch a good one, and then come out on the third day, catch a stud, and then put Finish together strong. Put together a pattern. Man, that feels good. Finish strong. Yeah, like I, you feel like a real fisherman. Yeah, honestly, like, like to me, that's where my disdain for the PB comes from. It's if you catch a big fish, you can call it PB. More power to you, but. To me, the, the that whole experience right there, and if I would have, let's say that fish was eighty pounds, and it was my quotation marks PB, it wouldn't have meant it, nearly as much as putting that pattern together. And that's, like we were talking, like you forgot about like legit. We kind of forgot about that one after we started like pounding on them. Yeah, and they weren't giants, but no. they were all like nice, fun fish, like fish. ten to twenty pound fish, and it was just a blast. Because you put that pattern together. That's, exactly. that's worth more that than... more of it. Yeah. Like, we finally got sh- stuff. 
stuff. You can say shit. I am. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we finally got like dialed in, you know. I I you know, I got the boat going what we we're supposed to be doing. Yep. You know, we were getting the bump and, you know, going what we we're supposed to be doing. It was just like Stuff started clicking finally. You know? Yeah, that one big fish just sitting there, but to actually put a like pattern ha- together and actually catch multiple yeah, fish. I mean, is, more yep, likely yep. we dumb lucked into that thing, yeah. you know? Which yeah, is we, most of the time did. what it is anyway, <laughs> yeah. the big fish, right? Yeah, but to put a whole it. bunch of them together, that means you've actually figured something yeah. out, you know? Yep, that felt good. And they, and then I feel in this river, I don't know, you probably speak from experience, if you're hitting all them fish like that, the odds of getting a big one are, if you're there, the big ones are there, too. Yeah. It's not like it's segregated, right? I don't know. Am I, am I right? I don't know. I'm, ask, I'm asking a man who fishes it way yeah. more than us. I mean, good idea. you know, the big ones are there, but like you said, the, the There's small, a lot less, obviously. There's a lot less of them, but to, like you said, to put together that 10 to 20 pound, that multiple fish, I, I think to put that pattern together is actually, I don't know, to me it's... It's more rewarding than to put together a pattern where you can just catch one big fish, right? Sure. Because, I mean, you've actually done something. I mean, that, well, that one big fish is just. You could dumb lock onto that yeah, thing. You just drop it right on his head, you know, but. It's and you about to did, really, honestly. Yeah. Like, we just started this drift and kind of slid into a spot, and I ain't really. Well, the worst part really was to be there. the worst part was it was an upbite, and I felt a tick. And I'm like, is that a snag or is that a fish? And I reel down, and then it's slack, and I keep reeling down and slack, and then all of a sudden it turns around, and rips line off. I'm like, that's a fish. I goes a real one. He goes, yeah, <laughs> and then got up to it, and he goes, I go, do I need to come off speed? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Sam, your your last cast, your chance, man. I don't have anything to promote, though. I'm you don't have YouTube to promote sensation. nothing. It's just like you want to clear the air about how you're a dumbass on something or what? Oh, yeah. I can't bump. Okay. Can't do that. Okay. Can't bump slash run a boat. There's a big difference. Yeah. No, I can't do either. Oh. All right, no. so Sam's last cast, that I'll do for him. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, like, legit, like... That was the only thing like about it. It's like you feel good when you when you put stuff together. Yeah. I mean, that's more rewarding. I'm totally on board with you. I always get I'll clear the air. I love getting Spencer shit about PBs, which is why we get along. Yeah. Like if you were nice to me, I'd be like, yeah. "What's wrong with you?" But I give him shit about the PB deal, and but I'm the same way. Like I like putting together that pattern. Yep. Other than Spencer's, way more nuts than me and we'll fish anytime anywhere doesn't matter it could be hailing on him you'd be like it's not that bad i wouldn't say all right so if it was hailing you'd probably be like yeah, it's i'll ha- probably go it's hailing that's that's honestly i can do it i don't toot my own horn but i'll toot my own horn on this is if it's bad i'm like it's not so bad <laughs> Like, like I'm getting hailed he's a, on. He's glass half full, kind of. Guy. Like the glass is empty, and I'm like, man, well, there's water in there. It's fine. It's filled up. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's filled up gradually. But no, yeah, I I agree. I see it. I see it in your videos, and that's that's one thing. I I'm honored to be here, and I mean, oh, congrats cool on this your honor. Su- no, 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 seriously. I, 
I mean, with all your success lately, it is. It, it's a privilege. I'll, I'll say privilege. How about that? I don't know if that's any better. It's a privilege to meet you, a privilege to, to be on here. So, And congrats to all your success. I mean, you, you've worked hard. I know what, you know, coming from somebody who's done that videos. work word, though. There's I, work. It's There's no doubt. I don't know if I call it work because I work. like it. It's work. If you if you call, like editing, then you're you're do you on call your own. Fishing group. work? No. Yeah, but I, you 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 put the work in, so I do. I congratulate you on that. Like any, any, I appreciate all the kind words. I really do. But just to clear the air, um, I enjoy the editing to the point where if anyone's like, "Yeah, man, you must have really busted your ass," I'm like, I had a lot of fun, man. Like. <laughs> I would do this for free, and I've done it for free. When I started YouTube, didn't know you could make money. I did. I had no That's idea. True. I really didn't. Oh, I agree. Neither did I. I. Well, you couldn't at the time. If you've been doing it for a decade, I don't think you could. You couldn't. And you know what? A lot of people don't know is at least on my other channel. Um, you know about one. I get. Let's just say over the last three years. About one in eight, one in nine of my videos are actually monetized. All the rest of them are demonetized because are of the they content. Really? Yep. So yeah. you get like one out of ten. I, I don't make, you know, that is just a, that's a labor of love, basically, trying to share knowledge. Well, guess what? Is what this that. podcast you're on, I don't make a nickel on it. So, <laughs> so it's fun. I just enjoy it. And the fact that you came out here is super sweet. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. Yep. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up unless anybody has something else to say. Nope. No, anybody who took the time to listen to this, like it's labor of love. It's not much labor because I enjoy it, but uh, I appreciate that. Don't take away from the appreciation that I uh, have for you walk or watching, listening to it. Like genuinely means a lot. So, um, if you're listening on iTunes, take a moment and um, uh, leave a review. And if you want to help monetize, I say quotation marks monetize. Get yourself a sweet pair of sunglasses. Get some Waterland sunglasses. Use promo code RC10, and um, that's the only money I make off of this at all. So, uh, and genuinely, they are sweet sunglasses. They're like my Agreed. my big thing is they're super comfortable. Like, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Like, Costa has nicer lenses, but they're not much nicer. But the difference is, Waterlands, you put them on your face, you forget they're there. Like you, Costas, they pinch the back of your ears, and I, I guess I shouldn't talk trash about a certain company, but they're the only ones I have experience with, and uh, they pinch the back of my heads, and I uh, get tired of wearing them. But with Waterlands, I don't do that, and they're super sweet. So if you want to check them out, do it. Promo code RC10. If not, that's cool too, you know. But uh, appreciate you taking time to listen to this. Um, check out my YouTube channel if you want. It's uh. River Certified. Check out Stu's YouTube channel. It's a... Go ahead. Uh, Total Angling Experience. Total Angling Experience. And then Coon Creek Outdoors. And, um, you know, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. But thanks for listening. Hope you catch you on.
Vote now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.